This is the Thursday Night Podcast. Your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Welcome to this special edition of the Thursday Night Podcast, airing on Tuesday afternoon. I am joined this time by my fellow co-hosts, Brady and David. Today we're going to recap the men's basketball visit to Statesboro and the first win away in 23 years. We're going to give some pre-tournament thoughts on the state of the men's basketball team and the league in general, and we're going to discuss the Sunbelt All-Conference Awards. Gentlemen, let's start off this discussion by talking about, of course, that sweet, sweet victory in Hanner Fieldhouse in Statesboro this past Saturday. I just want to clarify something for you. You said Statesboro, and the pronunciation can only go so far. That'd be state with an apostrophe in it. Statesboro. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that one. And just for the audience, for the audience, for the listeners, like the, like Statesboro, like that's how it'd be. All right, we'll, we'll we'll format that in the uh, the ad copy for this for this podcast episode. We'll we'll put that in there. No, but I like the you know I like the Brady's out here running his mouth. We'll say we'll keep it PG. Um, but I mean that's if you watch that game, it, the score might have been close, but it I don't want to say Georgia State dominated the game because they didn't dominate the game, but they played the exact they brand of they closed, they closed real well. And they played the exact brand of basketball they had been playing the past few weeks. You look at the turnovers. Southern had 13, Georgia State had 8. You look at the three-point shooting. Southern shot under 30%, Georgia State shot over 30%. That's these are the things that help Georgia State win basketball games. And it was so nice to watch them finally get over this ridiculous away team in the rivalry curse, whatever you want to call it. So it was very, very, very nice to see. We, we knew someone was going to do it eventually. So, you know, just like this podcast, why not us? Why not us? <laughs> like Exactly. It, it's so much nicer to have that, you know, we broke the curse. We're the first one to win rather than having it be us, especially because we pride ourselves on our home record, you know, being what it is under Coach Hunter. So it's just it's all good vibes as far as that game goes. I mean, what more can you say about Kane Williams from what he's oh done my. this year? He has just taken the mantle and when, you know, DeMarcus isn't putting the team on his back. And when, you know, Georgia State needs that second, third option, he just says, okay, I, I'll do it myself. And he, you know, he had another one of those ridiculous, okay, I'm Kane and I'm just going to pretend like I can't help but finish at the rim. And, you know, whether there's two guys in his way, whether there's three guys in his he's way. Just, he's just a crafty dude. Exactly. And it doesn't matter what hand it is either. The thing that was remarkable about Saturday is I see this number eight of 11. Those were his free throws. He got contact. He got to the foul line and he hit his free throws. And that just is music to my ears is flowers to my eyes. It, he just had one of the best all around games we've seen. And in the most important one so far to the season, that's why it was beautiful. It just it felt right the whole game like in past times when we've gone, including last year, when it felt like 
going in like, yeah, this is a team that can win in Statesboro. The game just felt off and, you know, we were turning it over and DeMarcus especially just wasn't having success. That game didn't feel like any of that on Saturday. Like it felt like we were in control most of the game. I mean, both of the scoreline, but also just in general, just in control. Like we felt like we were handling our business and it just from the start, they kept having big switched onto our guards and we just kept blowing past them. I mean, we were just having what we wanted on offense all game and the defense especially picked up in the second half. I, I mean, it's still, we gave up 85, so it doesn't look great. But like, I thought that we were contesting everything. We were making a lot of difficult opportunities for them rather than giving them looks like we were getting at the hoop. <laughs> no, absolutely. And like the, I mean, talked about it last week when we were talking about the 2-3 zone with Southern. You we know, did their good. team. Yeah. We did really well. We're, we're um, not being humble this week, as we can tell from how <laughs> this has gone, but we dead on nailed the important points as far as Southern goes, I, if I do say so myself. Absolutely. You know, what they wanted to do was they wanted to shoot a lot of either terrible threes or just, you know, beat Georgia State inside, which if you're going to beat Georgia State – if you want to play your game inside, well, that's how Southern scored 85 points, but I'm sorry. That's not how you're going to beat Georgia state. If Georgia state's hitting their threes, there's no way that you're going to beat them. If all you're doing is just trying to score inside. And and they did a a decent job of sticking around. They were fouling us from about the two minute mark, Mm -hmm. but they weren't looking to take threes. And if you're down, you know, double digits, eight points late in games, you need to, the first time you get space on the perimeter and just, Suki was looking to drive and, you know, I guess that's a strategy. Like you don't want to just give it away by taking bad shots, but like at the same time, when you're down that much, I don't care if you've been shooting all day. Like you need that three bucket to get back in games and you can't just get two and then foul. Cause like what happened, we just started matching them point for point and then it just never really got close. Exactly. You know, you can't trade three for two in that situation if you don't actually get the three. You know, so, but I mean, it was a great win. It was really nice to see Georgia State put it all together and find a way to win in the rivalry and do it on the road and become. And by the way, win the regular season. Exactly. Right. Like they, this team. It, it was very frustrating at times sometimes, but this team still ended up winning the regular season in the Sun Belt. This is what they were predicted to do in November, though. So it, it's it's really interesting to kind of weigh expectations both beginning, you know, throughout the middle and then see how things ended up because, yes, they did need a little bit of help, but at the end of the day, they still were left alone at the top of the Sun Belt when it comes to record. We closed out exactly how we needed to. We we went six and one down that last stretch of seven games. And we could I I, I didn't somebody I, call that in one of our earlier podcasts? So I, I, I do want to give David credit. David did dead on <laughs> call this exact final. He he had Coastal being the one loss. Now I bet gun to his head he probably didn't think it went the way it went. I thought that would be a closer game, but I did think Coastal would be the one loss. So I so will do you, do you want to pick my Powerball numbers next week? Uh, yes, uh, I'm feeling a four somewhere in there. So put that down. Oh, I, um, I guess since it's been me the first couple of times, I'll just take the mantle of dude to yell out for being cocky. But I'll say it. I think we were the best team in the Sun Belt, and so I think the best team in the Sun Belt won the regular season. So that doesn't mean anything as far as week goes, and that's still going to matter on how we show up and play on next week. But it is nice to say, you know, we've been saying, we put up a banner saying we're the best team in Georgia. We 
carry ourselves like we're the class of the Sun Belt and we got it done. I mean, that we get to say that. We don't get to say, you know, we're the best except this team that finished above us in the standings or we're the best except this team that tied us in the standings. Like, we're the outright champs and, you know, we get to say that. And so let me ask you a question. Um, Does that mean you have thoughts about who we play on Saturday at all? Or are you just of the mindset that, you know, we took care of business in the regular season. Now it's time to just do that in the postseason. So part of it is just it's a futile exercise because Saturday is effectively ages away. And there's just, you know, so many permutations of who we could play. I mean, granted, it's not so many. There is a finite number, but it's not really worth going into, especially because I would say it doesn't really matter. I think we're going to get totally different games if we play, you know, ULL in the semifinal versus if we play Texas State. But I think if the team who's been playing shows up for Georgia State, it's not going to matter. Again, you know, calm arrogance about it. I mean, the thing that's been different is it's been problematic with the offense and the defense lining up and, you know, coalescing together. And that's been happening. And I especially want to shout out Damon and Malik for that. Because I think Damon being back in the starting lineup and playing – like he's doing, he's just doing incredible work too. I mean, he's helping remeld this team together. No, I mean, you're exactly right. And, you know, being able to switch between Damon, who is a defensive specialist, give you a couple of points, you know, in the five to 10 range, and then go to a three-point specialist in Devin Mitchell, you know, one of the top three-point shooters in the conference, if not the country, you know, that's, that's a dangerous weapon to have on any team. And so the fact that, you know, we're not even talking about, anybody else who can shoot threes or anybody else that can do anything for Georgia state. Just the fact that that combination right now is our sixth and our fifth and sixth guy. That's a deadly combination because it's, that says nothing to the fact that Devin can still play defense. It says nothing to the fact that if you get Nelson Phillips being the all Sunbelt hustle player of the year, if that's a real thing or not, you know, he's going to make it a thing. If he keeps it up for, you know, three, four years, however long he's here. Seriously. You know, it's just it's so nice to have a player like Dame of Damon's caliber. And, you know, and I'll take this time to shout out Devin Mitchell because, you know, he started for he was hurt in the very beginning of the season. And, you know, he started for the majority of the time he was capable of playing, you know, but these last couple of weeks when Georgia State's defense and offense has started to peak, you know, it's been the selfishness, uh, excuse me, the unselfishness of Devin Mitchell saying, yeah, I can come off the bench. Yeah. You can, you know, cut my minutes down slightly so we can get a, you know, different rotations and get different guys in there, you know, and even though Jeff played with a little bit of foul trouble this past Saturday and kind of forced coach Hunter's hand to be smarter with who he played, you know, Devin still only played 18 minutes, you know, so it's it's been very, very nice to see, you know, that a player of Devin's caliber because he's an all Sunbelt type player, you know, but he still had his minutes cut, you know, so it was nice to see. And I mean, I agree with your point as well. I, I think if Georgia State is playing how they can play. It doesn't really matter who they play on Saturday. And I mean, I obviously you theoretically want to play a quote unquote worst team, but I think anybody, any of the four teams that will show up on the other side of Georgia state will have their hands full. All right. Well, all that being said, uh, the Sunbelt did release uh, on Monday, the all conference awards. And there's a whole lot we can unpack, but I think the most uh, interesting thing is despite winning the league, our Panthers only put one player 
on the all Sun Belt team, and that was number 15, Demarcus Simons, on the first team, along with Tukey Brown from Georgia Southern, who ended up winning the Sun Belt Player of the Year. So this will start a theme of me and David being wrong. <laughs> uh, so I guess this is us getting to, you know, have the clout that we aren't a Homer podcast because, you know, we neither of us had DeMarcus on our first team. Did not. All I'd say is he is one of the top five Sunbelt players, so I don't have a problem with it. Like, you could argue that other guys, you know, quote, deserved it based on stats, but you can't look at me with a straight face and tell me DeMarcus isn't one of the top five players in the conference. So I'm good with it. And I, th- I think we said that as much. Uh, we don't have to stay here too long, but, you know, we were kind of like, this is the elephant in the room that he is still probably capable of being here, but it's just there are other guys given based purely on numbers that we think should be ahead. Um, but, I mean, these, the you know, hit on your point of us being wrong. Lists. I can only speak for myself, but, oh, man, it, it's it's bad. Uh, I thought Jordan Vordano, I guess he, I know he missed the last month and a half, but I thought he did enough to get himself on this list and he was nowhere to be found. And I think that it was just by the time the season came up, how much time he had missed, I guess the collective that votes for this. Yeah. I guess decided that he had missed enough time that he had to, because I I mean, if he had played the whole year, he's easily on that first team. I mean, I feel bad. I feel bad for the dude that his career had to end like that. Uh, Nothing yeah. but respect for him. I mean, he killed us. He, I mean, anytime he got a chance to play Georgia State, he did. Um, and another guy that we were a little bit uh, not as high on is Ron Chad Shabazz. Because yeah, we missed on him. We often do miss on him somehow. The dude is um, a monster, man. He's really good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, so I'm I'm glad we don't have to play him again. Uh, <laughs> Just and, and that's not to say that there aren't other guys in the Sun Belt that we don't have to worry about for when we talk next year. But man, I'm tired of missing out. I'm tired of sleeping on that guy because he's just so good and seriously very deserving of that all Sun Belt second team. I mean, we didn't even do third team because we didn't want to continue to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like exactly. there's the whole stop while you're ahead thing. This is just like. Stop while you're only a little bit behind and embarrassing <laughs> your family and everything you stand for. Now, speaking exactly. of embarrassing your family, if you guys listening want to see just how wrong David and Brady were, you can go to ThursdayNight.com and check out the Fireside Chats. That's going to be linked on the front page on the right-hand side. And they've got all their first and second teams listed up there. It's kind of funny. It's but, it's definitely yeah. funny. Um, but I will toot my horn one more time because I can definitely say I told you so when it came to Sunbelt Coach of the Year. And I don't want to say I, I wish him a special congratulations, but, I mean, the job that Chris Ogden did at UT Arlington this year, phenomenal. Just Absolutely. very phenomenal. Um, I Coming into the season, I definitely thought they were going to be a terrible team. And coming the into fact conference. that they Coming to conference play, they had an awful record because they played a brutal out-of-conference schedule. So until they started, you know, not losing in conference, it was basically like, yeah, this is how we kind of expected this year to go. And then they just started winning and beating good teams. Yep, super did. Um, Luckily, they didn't beat Georgia State. That was helpful at the very end. Um, But, you know, they just had seriously hats off to them because they were able to – 
turn I don't want to say turn their season around because uh, again they had a brutal out of conference schedule anyways uh but they the fact that they are at the end of the season in a double buy scenario that's fantastic absolutely fantastic so hats off to Chris Ogden um I do want to just say in general I mean we're going to touch on next year when next year comes around but we're losing a lot of individual talent in this senior class slash you know de facto seniors who are going to be leaving and so the likes of georgia state i mean bias alert i think we're going to be okay but it is a pretty substantial senior class as far as just sheer individual these guys can ball so it'll be interesting to see how the league each team how they recover from losing their guys Definitely. That, that, I mean, there's there's a lot of seniors, actually, really impactful seniors that are leaving the Sun Belt. I mean, you go down the player of the year lists, the player of the year is leaving, the defensive player of the year is leaving, the newcomer of the year is leaving. They're all seniors, you know, so it'll be really interesting to see how the Sun Belt grows next year. But we have literally an entire summer to talk about that. So I just wanted to shout out those seniors, you know. Absolutely. They're not all on our team, though we do have four of them, but way to go, guys. You did it. Definitely. You guys did the thing. And they're not done yet. They got a couple more games, hopefully more than two. We'll uh, we'll see how that happens uh, to uh, unfold. Uh, We'll be back, of course, later on in the week with some thoughts as those games occur. And look for a recap of the women's game on Thursday at 1130 a.m. Central Time. Uh, as they play whoever advances to their portion of the bracket because the women are in a bye in the tournament for the first time ever since joining the Sun Belt. I just, I cannot express how happy I am that this team is achieving success. And, I mean, and yet, somehow Gene Hill did not win Sun Belt Coach of the Year. Tut, tut. Uh, I... It, that, it, I that, that's oh, all I, ha- I have things I I'm not going to say in what is supposed to be a family friendly podcast, but yeah, uh, that's all yeah. I'll say. So I'll just thank you. <laughs> Here, here's what I'd say is the brand of basketball. Gene Hill's got them playing. Grinding it out is a total. That's what they're going to want to do. And I mean, when you play teams like that in March, if they're shooting the ball, well, like those type of teams can pull off upsets. So, you know, Sky's the limit. Go out there and ball. Yeah, seriously. I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll definitely see what happens with the women's team. But yeah, we'll have coverage of that this week, obviously, because it's championship week. So, you know, you'll see more of us. Well, hear more of us. Well, you'll see it, too, because we'll have articles on the site and, of course, these mini podcasts dropping throughout the week and into next week. I think that about covers everything that we wanted to do in this uh, little mini episode. Guys, anything else we need to discuss? Let's just get to some Panther wins later in the week. Absolutely. I will sufficiently knock on wood for all of that. <laughs> I, don't ha- I don't have any wood. I've got this uh, little IKEA particle board desk, but that's probably about the closest thing I've got. That Thanks for listening, like guys. <laughs> you know, and like we said, we'll see y'all later this week. Take care. Peace. <laughs>